If you could have only been a fly on the wall for the conversation that Jim and I just had, sometimes I wish that we would start these podcasts a little sooner because it seems like the really good stuff kind of gets missed out. And then we hit record and it's like, all right, let's yeah. get down to business here. And that natural kind of flow of the conversation gets a little bit. We'd I, we would either go from our viewership would listenership would go through the roof or <laughs> we would just we'd be in trouble it would just tank it would just tank somehow and, go into the negative and go and yeah and we <laughs> we would have to start listening to people who would go into the negative uh so thank you all for tuning in once again to the straight love podcast i am your co-host that once again boasts the most roast Eric paulson dp and with me always and forever is my bff for life uh jimmy the cricket jaworski my main man jaws what's up cricket how you doing brother i'm pretty good man the uh I'm okay. The weekend's been okay, or the week's been okay. The weekend was pretty okay, and yeah, yeah. You are looking forward to this weekend because uh, you and I have a date on Sunday afternoon. I am not looking forward <laughs> to that. Thanks for asking, but uh, yeah, I am. I'm gonna take a step outside my comfort zone. So hey, you know what, man? Abracadabra. And what's and the, we talk about that all the time, yeah. and how that that's a really good way of being able to grow as a human being is to kind of test yourself outside of that that comfort zone and really see what you're made of. Now. We're Jim and I, for those of you to, that don't know, we haven't talked about this in the podcast before, but prior to uh, COVID, uh, Jim and I had set up a photo shoot with Blacksmith Parlor, which is a, a local uh, local small business here. It's basically mm. kind of like a spa, I guess, for dudes, although I think women can go there as well, but it's just kind of basically you can get a manicure or a pedicure and uh, have a beer and watch the game kind of thing all at the same get time. Get your beard trimmed. And get your, yeah, that kind of thing. They think they got a, uh, you know, you can hairstylist there and all that kind mm. of stuff. But they had a call out on Instagram where they were like, hey, you know what? Um, we're looking for male models. We're looking for for, for dudes who, uh, who wouldn't mind helping us spread the good word about our place. So Jim and I, uh, you know, we kind of got in touch with them and we did a little bit of back and forth and we're going to be going there on Sunday now. Now, Jim, if you don't know, doesn't like the camera all that much, even though the camera loves you, brother. Like I said to you before, that is a one-sided relationship. <laughs> I hate pictures. Okay, so what is it about? Because this is interesting because there's some people, obviously, and we've talked about this before as well. Yeah. They're snapping 16, 17, 18 yeah. selfies a day, throwing them up on social media and just be like, hey world look at me yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that that's cool not my style but everybody's different now you're the complete opposite of that complete opposite so what it, it just makes you uncomfortable it makes you nervous it makes you like what what is it about you know not even so much a selfie but even get, getting your picture taken like what's kind of what why is that such a, 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 a why does it make it so uncomfortable I don't know when it started. I, I I don't I don't really know what the best answer to this. I, the best answer is just the answer that I have to give. But I just I don't really know what I can hang my hat on to it. I I just don't in I just don't really like pictures. It, obviously, it has a is it a confidence thing? Maybe I guess it's it's for sure a part of perception that I have of myself when I see myself. I guess, but I see myself every day in the mirror, right. and it's not as though I'm like. Uh, mirror and I smash it, you know what I mean? <laughs> or anything this like guy, that. Yeah, whoa, or it's, you yeah, fucking nailed it or it's that weird kind of like psycho movie thing where I start rolling lipstick all over my face or some shit like that, you know what I mean? That doesn't happen anymore, eh? No, not anymore. You, it's you been, been at least it? a month or two. Oh. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. When I just see pictures, I, I don't like them. I, I mean, it's not to say all the time I don't, but for the most part, I just would rather not. I don't know why. I just don't, I don't really care to kind of look at myself like sure. that. No, if, man, I get it. Do you know? So I, that's why I think, um, not that I ever have any, have, have ever had any aspiration to be an actor or anything like that. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I, I don't think I would ever like watch myself if I were ever in a movie in my entire life. I, did, I, did you have like home movies or anything like that no, when you were a kid? Your, no. your, your parents never recorded you on Christmas morning or anything? No, no. And they never really took a whole lot of photos either. Oh. Um, yeah, there are some, you don't have photo albums kind of littered all around the no, living room? No, man. Really? I mean, when I'm when I was younger, there are there there are photos, but literally it's like a ha a handful. There's not a lot at all. Okay. And um I don't know. I don't think that contributes at all to how I feel about it. Sure. I really, really don't. But going back to what you said earlier, that's I just don't that's why I have such a I, I struggle so much with people that are like 
selfie, 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 sure, selfie, sure. selfie over one billion served. You know what I mean? And they just keep <laughs> doing that shit. And, and like for everyone to see, which is great. I mean, I guess sort of to a degree, I envy it because maybe then sure, I, would, I wouldn't yeah. have this discomfort when it comes to it. But yeah, whatever. We're going to do this thing. I don't, whatever. If it's your idea or their idea, or that's fine. I'm going to do it and we'll see. And I kind of already was talking to myself about it. And I said, yeah, I'll go and do it because it's outside of my Good comfort you, zone Good big time. You. But I, th- I also thought there's probably no chance I'm going to look at these photos. So. <laughs> well, what, what, what were you, what was your initial reaction then when I reached out to you and asked you about this? No. <laughs> Immediate, just like, yeah, absolutely, yeah, this yeah. is not happening. Maybe, so. and maybe more accurately, <laughs> no fucking chance. Probably would have what it was the thought uh, in my head, but. So, so you sat on it and you're like, you know what, because this makes me uncomfortable yeah. because I don't, I'm just going to go and do it. And why do it then if you're not even going to look at these, if you kind of want them to, to disappear afterwards, you think this is going to, I mean, what, what are you hoping to gain from this then? Well, originally when it was prior to COVID-19 hitting, I, obviously I still had the same position on it and I was like, I don't really want to do this, but I also did agree to it did i agree to it then no i don't think i did no, did i didn't. yeah no. i certainly still had the same thought and i was like well i'm not comfortable about this and i've like we spoke about before and i've heard a million times and read a million times and listened and watched and all that stuff about you should push yourself outside of your comfort zone right for on. whatever reason i mean usually it's for things that are more significant than having your fucking picture taken let's be <laughs> honest about it but truthfully it is something that does make me really really uncomfortable there you go brother and it's not one of those things again where the uh the advice is yes push yourself outside of your comfort zone but that doesn't mean you know walking down a dark back alley at you know 11 yeah exactly and so there's really no there's nothing negative that can come of this there's nothing that's going to be detrimental to me to do this so i kind of thought maybe that's i don't know maybe that's just something to approach it as you know what that's a great way of looking at it and i think that that that, you know that that kind of advice can be carried like when we do say you know step outside of your comfort zone and do things that scare you Mm -hmm. uh you know walking down a back alley and and putting yourself in danger is a bad idea but when we say you know do things that scare you Maybe it would be, you know, for instance, when I when I, you know, tried to to test my chops at stand comedy yeah. and went up on stage. Well, that was terrifying because it's a room full of people who are judging you, and you know, if you don't get a laugh, you want to fall through the floor, kind of thing. But at the end of the day, after that seven minutes or five minutes or four minutes, whatever it is, everybody's just going to go on with their life. Exactly. You know, so it's just that moment, and it's just such a it's such a minutia of, yeah. of time, you know. So. Yeah. Those are the kinds of things that we're talking about, like just taking chances and uh, and pushing yourself to do things that you wouldn't normally do and just see what happens. I mean, over time, that's how that's how how people change. That's how people grow is by doing those kinds of things. I mean, not even on a regular basis, but on a semi regular basis, you know, like take a look at, uh, you know, plan for them. Look ahead to the future and say, you know, in November, I'm going to do this or by December, I'm going to do that. Throw things into a calendar, write them down in a journal and then actually hold yourself accountable and do them and watch how your life changes it will happen i do really agree with that and again this thing is really who knows what can come nothing may come of it other than i did, other than gq banging other, down your door other than that i did something <laughs> that um that makes me uncomfortable and like and even if i don't ever look at the photos i would still kind of give it a small kind of check mark in the win column for me good for you man but um it's just like you said it's it's doing something that makes me a little bit uncomfortable and it makes me think of actually truthfully when uh when covid hit i i thought this thing would go away and that it would never like reappear itself because um i mean i appreciate that you're more enthusiastic about doing it and again it helps me to push my boundaries um, I, I sort of thought and hoped that it just like disappeared and it wouldn't come up again, but it did come up, which is fine. But it's interesting because right now I'm reading a book called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. Oh, yeah. And he's a super, super great guy. He's also written The Untethered Soul. And both of those books, I believe, have been New York Times bestsellers because mm-hmm. that's the benchmark of book sales. Mm-hmm. And he's just a super great guy, super, super great guy, all about um, the universe and yoga and meditation and mindfulness and the premise behind the surrender experiment essentially is it's just like a, a very easy to read biography of his life, so to speak. Oh. And he just goes through 
all the events in his life that led him to where he is now. And basically it's a product of him. He found very early on in life, he found meditation and, and stillness and peacefulness and yoga just to be the most moving thing to him, to be the most important thing to him in life, right? Okay. And all he aspired to do was to be able to provide himself the means, which are very meager if you're going to do this, but the means and ability to essentially focus on that his entire life. That's all he wanted to do. He's like, I just want the time in my life that I can meditate, that I can be in peace, that I can be in nature. Cool. And uh, what happened was, he was doing his PhD in economics or something like that. So the way he was making money was teaching literally part-time. This is back in the 70s, I believe. Literally teaching part-time at a local university. Just making literally enough money to live in his van in the forest. He would like drive into town, teach a class three times a week or something like that. Just enough money to buy food, to buy basic necessities, live in his van. How long did he do this for? Years. Wow. Years. Okay. And this was fulfilling? Yeah. For him, it was everything. Right on. Fast forward however many decades, he literally uh, was a like 100 millionaire. What? Yeah. Just Bitcoin. by... Not Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Fair yes. Not Bitcoin. But um, but actually not super... It's not outside the, the field of that. But he went from... Um, he went from just doing those those teaching classes to starting a construction company okay to uh starting a software company to being like the ceo of a merged uh big software company developer distributor that at one point in time at some point in time i think in the 80s sold for like 300 million dollars in the 80s yeah man which is you know how many billions nowadays? Kind yeah, of exactly. Like Good the equivalent. Lord. Yeah, it's crazy. And and the whole time, the whole within that whole time of doing that, his his focus was still remaining true that he just wanted to be focused on meditation and yoga and peacefulness, be of service to others in that respect. And so, anytime he made any money for anything that he didn't need to provide those basic necessities mm -hmm. for himself, he put it into. He eventually ended up being able to like acquire land and he found this piece of land somewhere in Florida, just a beautiful property that was quiet out in the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. built a little house there with some friends. Some then, friends. So yeah. A little comp compound kind of thing? Yeah. Like it was uh, an architect friend of his and another guy. So they helped him build the house that he wanted to live in because he couldn't afford otherwise. Oh, this is before he hit. Okay. Before yeah, he yeah, hit yeah. pay dirt. And, uh, and then he... Uh, he would do like meditation services or something every Sunday, I believe it was. And people would start attending. They would hear about it. And I guess they heard about him from teaching his classes at university. Right, right, right. And it just snowballed from there. And then he started building like a worship temple on the property that he owned. Oh, wow. And then more land would come up for sale next to the one he had. So he had enough money. So coincidentally. He, coincidentally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he would buy it. And then someone shows up and sees this beautiful, you know, structure that they built and was like, Hey, can you, would you build an addition onto my home? That led to the construction company. Then he sees a computer 10 years later and he gets enamored with that and he learns it's just crazy. And basically he attributes, attributes it all to the opportunities that the universe presented to him, which he just surrendered himself into. And basically was like, as long as this shit doesn't compromise my integrity, and what I believe in, I'm going to accept the opportunities and the challenges that the universe gives to me. So don't get me wrong. To build this software company, he worked day and night. You don't say day and night. Yeah, go figure. Go hard, figure. Hard work pays off. Okay. With the exception of like morning meditation and evening meditation. That that was just non-negotiable. Non-negotiable for him. Yeah. Hmm. It's well, it's a it's a wonderful book. Man. Yeah. You say it on here all the time because consistency yeah. is everything. So shout out to Michael Singer if you're listening, yeah. you know? Yeah, he's the guy. He's the guy. He knows what's up. And what so, was the name of the book, sorry? Uh, the Surrender Experiment. The Surrender Experiment. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, you're, and you're still reading it right now. Yeah, close to being done. Cool. Yeah. So I figure uh, Sunday photo shoot that I don't want to do, but I'm going to go do. And then, I don't know, next step, millionaire? Next step, software company. Or that. <laughs> I mean, when you connect the dots, it's, it's yeah. pretty straightforward. It's, yeah, they connect themselves, <laughs> really. <laughs> so I've got a question for you, man. Yeah. Who do you think you are? 
Is that a emotionally charged question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get what you're doing. <laughs> no, so I, we're, well, Jim and I kind of talked about this beforehand, and, and the concept that we had kind of for today's show would be about identity yeah. and uh, who people are at their core and uh, what makes an individual an individual. And I think if you do ask, uh, you know, if you were to ask somebody, who are you? you would get a, a plethora of different answers, right? So you'd have somebody say, oh, I'm a mother and I enjoy, uh, you know, sh- macrame. I don't even know what that is. Macrame? Did mm-hmm. you make that up? No. Okay, is that like anime? No. But, but just for Ukrainian people? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a craft thing, isn't it? It's okay. a craft thing. So there's a okay, case. Yeah. Shout out to moms who like macrame. Keep, sorry, I cut you off. Keep talking. I'm gonna look well, I mean, I, I guess kind of what I'm getting at is that people would respond to that question, maybe not necessarily even to the thinking about who they are, but rather what they are. So let's say, for instance, that you say to me, you know, who, who are you? And I say, well, I'm a brother. I'm a son. I'm a mm-hmm. father. Well, what happened? What would happen if my sister passed away? Would I still be a brother? Huh? So, I mean, it's a part of my identity, but it's not permanent. So right. what is permanent then when we talk about who we are? Is anything? I see your brain is breaking apart right now. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it really is because that's not the what you're saying. That's a really interesting way to. Well, okay. So let's back it up for a second. So if I say to you, you know, yeah. who do you think you are or who, who are you is maybe a, a less aggressive way of saying it. Well, instinctually, my response would be just what you said. I would say, well, I, you know, like I do this for a living and yeah, I, you know, I'm, I have a brother or I don't know. It's, it would be all of those things that you, that you said that they could be gone in a moment's notice or they could change, right? They could change as well. Definitely. I mean, what you, what you do for a living now might not be what you do tomorrow. You could lose your job. You could quit your job. You could go into a completely, you could, you could, you know, move out to the forest in a van and start a software company. Right. So then who are you? Yeah, this is like, uh, who is James Shaworski? Really? This is it. I wasn't expecting this frame up of it. Um, so it's kind of catch me in my place, which is good. But as a, a bit of background um, to elaborate. So what first triggered this thought that I that I wanted to present to you and get your thoughts on mm-hmm. was that I was at the gym last week and I saw this this guy's shoes caught my attention because they're just kind of like obnoxious and you know, so one of those sneakerhead kind of like, I uh, guess so. I don't know. They were just, it's my opinion, but they were just, they were heinous to me. I would never wear them. In and a for years. other people, they were the dopest thing. And for this dude, they were like, they were it, you know right, what I mean? Sure. Cause he obviously bought them with okay. presumably. Yeah, probably. Okay. Um, maybe with Bitcoin, maybe with Bitcoin. <laughs> um, I don't know. And so I thought, I wonder how many different pairs of shoes there are in the world. Wow. That's, that was, that was the first, that's where I went. Yeah. Okay. Super deep, super deep. <laughs> Which the answer to that is, I'm sure there's like millions. And then the next thought I went to was, why would there be millions? And it would be because people like different things. People like choice. People like choice. But if you don't have so much choice, you're sort of, you're limited to the amount of choice you have. Uh, in, in, In what respect? Well, if you went to a restaurant to eat something and you committed to staying at that restaurant, you would have to eat, choose something to eat, which, which was on the menu. You couldn't just be like, none of this works for me, garçon. I would like, (laughs) et cetera, et cetera. Of course. Okay. And I guess you could choose to hate it or you could choose to have a positive experience from it. Okay. Where are you going with this? I'm going somewhere, I think. <laughs> and then, so go, just going back to the shoes thing, it just made me think that we're so inundated with choices about things now. And we, I think, attach our identity to these choices because it's easy to do that. Like, it's easy to say, well, that dude is not the only guy that owns those shoes. But there's like a bazillion choices for shoes and it's part of his identity because it's an expression of what he likes. Yes, it is an expression. Absolutely. And sort of the snowball that I went with that was this is a lot of things that 
are part of our lives. And it takes away from really focusing on to your question, who are we really? Hmm. Like, who are you really? Right. Are you just a bunch of choices you've made based upon your preferences because of what's been presented to you? Or is there more to you? That's a rhetorical question. There is more to you. But people don't people aren't afforded the time or don't afford themselves the time to think about that kind of shit because there is too much of all of this stuff. Yeah. There is oh, too okay. much of focusing on okay. all of this. And it makes me even think right now that, you know, everything is like a profile. You set up everything as a profile on the internet. Yeah. And what are the fucking questions that you get asked? How old are you? Uh, what's your username? You know, dependent upon whatever the social media thing is, is what's your occupation or all that. Mm. But it doesn't really go any further than that. And, and like you said, all those, those things can just be pulled out from under you or you can choose to change them, I guess. Sure. But I just, I don't know. It sort of just led me down the path of we're not spending time to really want to understand who we are underneath all that stuff. underneath all of it because we associate all the stuff on the top with being our identity but it's not well and, and and all those kinds of things are fulfilling to a certain degree as well right so let's say i fill out one of uh, a profile of mine and i put all my interests like you know i, I like the boston bruins and mm. i like these books and i like these bands you know sharing that with people and even seeing it in front of me kind of makes me feel like I'm, I am something, you know, like these are my likes. These are the things that, that, that bring me joy. So this is what kind of makes me different from other people. Although, you know, a lot but of But you're not the only one that say, likes the Boston Bruins. No, and I was just going to say that a lot of people like the same things, but it's also, you know, a way to kind of distinguish yourself from, uh, or, or maybe it's, it's a way to kind of associate yourself with other people. You know, it's like, uh, Okay, so I like all of these things. I like tattoos and the Boston Bruins and sushi and all this kind of stuff. And then you find other people that are like that as well. And you're you're it's 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 like a tribal thing, right? You know, it's I don't I don't know what that has to do with individualism, but I mean it, it it's a way for you to kind of feel important and empowered to a certain degree because these are the things that that make up who I am, even though at your core you're none of those things. But do you think that because those are predominantly the questions that we get asked or the focus of who we are is mostly the focus of who I are, who we are. Do you think that takes away from well, I, you I, being able to think about and tap into who you really are? And maybe not necessarily, I shouldn't be, you know, kind of judgy about this, but I wouldn't say necessarily you because I know you and I know that you're more introspective than that but mm -hmm. do you think it removes people's willingness ability co consciousness conscientiousness also of their own introspection and it just makes them think oh well shit this is the stuff that I get asked all the time this is the shit I get asked on my dating profile on my social media profile on my whatever so this must be who I am well I think that I think that you would really need a reason to go deeper than that right I mean, what would be the purpose of kind of stripping away all the layers and sitting there and thinking about who you are beyond all those things? These are all the things that I like. This is the person that I am. This is the company that I keep. These are my friends. These are my, this is my family. I'm a, I'm a, you know, a good friend and a good lover and a, a wonderful son. And well, I'm not talking about me. I'm just talking about I've anybody. I've heard that about you, the lover thing. <laughs> I've heard that. But I mean, all those, that, that provides people with enough, uh, of a reason to think that that is enough, right? Because I mean, wh why, why go deeper? Why? What would be my what would be my my purpose for that? The purpose I think would be because if you don't, then, like you said, if any of that stuff is taken from you, then I think it w can compromise your perception of your own self worth. So, so then how do we, how do we determine who we are without those kinds of measurements? Like what, what else is there beyond that? Okay. So who you are, uh, is right now we'll say that a person is who they are based on what they do, who they're associated mm -hmm. with, their likes, their dislikes, the way that they, you know, dress the tattoos that they have on their body, all those kinds of things help uh, an individual be an individual and separate themselves maybe from a crowd. Now, if we strip all that away, what are some of the tangible measurements that we can say, okay, well, beyond that, you are what? 
loving awareness. <laughs> well, but I, I'm, I'm like saying that a little tongue, tongue in cheek. That's something that Ramdas would say. I am loving awareness. In fact, that was part of his mantra. He would say that every, you know, I don't know how many times a day. I am loving awareness. I'm, I'm loving awareness. And you kind of get to this point where, and maybe that's what it is, is that you're, you're, you are trying to get yourself to a higher level where you're, you are kind of stripping those things away and thinking about your consciousness and, and, uh, you know, going beyond rising above to, uh, the keyword that you said for me is tangible. Do you think that identity, true identity of self is a tangible thing? I don't, I just don't, I don't know how you measure it. Right. I don't know either. So that's why it makes me, that's why it makes me think that it shouldn't be tangible because to me, tangible equates to like stuff and things and, um, okay, well let's think about it this way then when you die, yeah, like the, the meat suit that you've got on right now, yeah. like your physical body, yeah. well, what do we talk about in meditation all the time? It's part of the, it's, it's, it's part of the way that we start our meditations is to talk about how we're more than our physical body. Yes. So if, if you want to strip away even your physical form in this meat suit that you've got on, who are you beyond that then? Values? Question mark. Okay. Morals? Yeah. But would those morals carry over into another dimension? <laughs> I think they, that's a great that's a super great question. I no, I really like that question because I think I think the answer is yes. I don't think it doesn't I don't think it's um a direct translation, but I think that the ability to tap into values and morals and ethics and those love love and those attributes mm. of your existence, mm. I think that's what furthers your existence. And let's call existence for the way that I think we refer to it as is not just limited to being on this planet. No, of course not. And further than that. Sure. Well, and, and I mean, maybe that would tie into what Buddhism, Buddhism is at, it, at, it, at its core, is that, that that circle of life where you kind of, you know, need to go through this this dance of life a certain amount of times before you finally get it and become enlightened and then you're you're off to Xanadu kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So if you can, every time that you go through this, if you can build on those morals and values and love and um, increase your awareness, Maybe that's maybe that's what everything is at its at its core kind of thing. And I, I don't know enough about Buddhism to really be talking about it, but I, I have a limited understanding, and I think that that's kind of what this is: is that every time that you're reincarnated, based on the kind of life that you lived, is going to determine what the next life is going to look like, whether you come back as like a sparrow or like an anal bead, you know? So. Whoa, <laughs> that's probably a step up for some people. Right now. <laughs> I guess it depends what you like, right? Totally. totally. Yeah, and, and who yeah. the anal bead belongs to. Right? That too. Actually, that's probably that's actually probably the most influential factor. I gotta say, yeah. Th this is con this is contradicting my values right now. Contradicting my values. Um, shit. Where was it gonna go? With the next thing. Oh yeah. So, but th the thing with that also is that the people that I am close to, I don't they don't represent or I don't think of them in that context of those, the things that we're speaking of in terms of what you do and your stuff there, those people are more to me than that because I know them to be more than that as a function of being close with them, right? As a function of having a real relationship, but it seems like we spend our time an inordinate amount of time on focusing about the shit that no one really should be thinking of us in relation to or remembering us in context of of course you know what i mean like when i when i think of you i think of a guy that i've known for decades that has always been there for me no matter what that checks me when i need to be checked that supports me when i need to be supported sometimes those things are the same thing um you know, that I laugh with all the time, that I get smarter from all the time. I don't think of a guy that's like, he likes the Boston Bruins. Okay. So, okay. But we spend so much time, people, so it seems, 
curating this bullshit about stuff that isn't consequential. And the thing is, is that I think I am in a place in my life and a circle of myself and the people that I spend time with that I don't think that's a huge focus. So maybe when I'm on the my my inside, I shouldn't say the inside because now I'm being, uh, you know, preferential, I guess. But if I look from my inside to the outside, what I see is that that's what society is spending a lot of fucking time on is this nonsense. Well, I mean, attention is currency nowadays, right? So what what are certain organizations doing? They're, they're constantly throwing things in your face to distract you from maybe the real work that you should be doing. So if, if I'm a social media platform, I'm probably not going to be pushing things down your throat for you to leave my social media platform and start working on yourself and doing a bunch of internal exercises to increase your, your self-awareness. I'm, you know, making sure that you're inundated with things that are going to keep you attached to your phone. Um, now beyond that, you, 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 you know, you, you talked about our relationship, for instance. Yeah. Do you think that, and, and I, I think that I know the answer to this question, but we, we, we built up what we have over years and years and experiences and traveling together. And, and I mean, it, it took a lot of effort and a lot of work. Like it, it, it wasn't hard because it just kind of happened. Absolutely. But do you think that that's becoming impossible for some people, especially when I think about the younger generation, because a lot of the relationships that they have, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm obviously speaking in generalities. I don't know if it's like this for everybody, but uh, the relationships that they're developing with each other, especially because a lot of it is taking place online, mm-hmm. are a lot emptier than they used to be. The word disposable comes to mind. Disposable is, is an even better word because you can. It took a lot of effort once upon a time to end a friendship or a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, like ghosting is is. I'm not. I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with the term, but if, if you don't want to be associated with someone anymore, you just simply stop responding to their right. efforts to get in contact with you through messenger or text or whatever. Yeah. If you if, if you wanted to stop being friends with somebody, you would basically have to let them know face to face or or at least via a phone call that hey man we're not friends anymore. Right. Write a letter. And 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 even there though, you would probably need a a good reason why you were going to be doing that. You know, like maybe it was something that built up over time, mm-hmm. unless this person, you know, killed your dog or fucked your wife or something like that. I mean, those are those are grounds for for dismissal uh, for <laughs> for a friendship to end. But, you know, I think nowadays it's like, oh, I saw what you posted the other day on Facebook. I didn't like it. So now we're not friends anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and this kind of goes back to and, and I'm, I'm just kind of rambling now, but. We're, we're judging people on their worst moments now a lot, right? And so, it's not even their worst moments. It's just the, the moments that don't agree with ours. Exactly. But but all it takes is that one moment for us to dismiss everything else that we liked about that person or potentially. And I'll give you an example, like, and maybe not a specific example, but let's say that um, you're friends with somebody and then you're friends with somebody for, I don't know, two years, six months, whatever it is, you have a very cordial relationship. Maybe your coworkers, um, you know, maybe they were friends of yours in high school and you follow them on Facebook, whatever it is. And then one day they make some sort of a comment on social media and then you immediately dismiss everything else that you liked about Mm -hmm. that person potentially and judge them on that one decision to post that thing, whether it was, you know, whatever it was that you disagreed with, they they, they posted a, a, a positive article about Trump or something, whatever it is. And then you just immediately decide this is over. I'm either unfollowing this person, unfriending this person. I'm removing them from my reality based on that one decision. Like, how is that? And, and, and this goes back to what you said about it being disposable. It's yeah. so easy to remove people from our lives now, whereas it t- took effort once upon a time. And I just I can't figure out why it's OK that you're, you know, this person could have been posting things every single day that you liked, that you agreed with, that made you laugh, that made you smile, that made you happy. And then it, all it took was that one thing that made you uncomfortable where you're like, well, this is over now. So it's 99% of the stuff is cool, but it takes that 1% where you're like, done. You're dead to me. You're dead to me. 
So it's, disposable, incredibly disposable. And these are relationships, you know, and I friendships are relationships. So it, I don't know. I never really, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time kind of wrapping my head around that one. I believe that it's become so prevalent. It's because of the trajectory of how most things are right now with all of that. It is, everything is an abundance of choice and everything is easily disposable including relationships including relationships in the context that you framed it right so what happens when you have an abundance of choice in everything is that you it's easy to say well if i don't like that i'll just go to the next thing or i'll go to the next thing i'll go and sadly when that comes to the things that really matter in life with people and relationships Mm -hmm. um people don't know where to draw the lines people don't know what the what matters and what doesn't it becomes all meshed in together and i don't think it's just for sure i think it's probably a little bit more prevalent in younger generations and not it's not their fault it's not younger people's fault because they've they've it's a lot to have to deal with to grow up in this. This is what you know. Yeah, this is, this is what you this know, what right? You've so, known, right? So to have your I'm not judging, yeah, not sure. at all. It, to have to have your personal self mature in this environment is a really really tall task. And I think that I had uh, heard or read that in fact the scientific uh, research on it is that a person's brain doesn't actually fully completely develop until you're like in your late twenties. So imagine navigating those waters right now with right. your brain not fully developed. Right. And so, sure, maybe maybe when you're younger, you're more susceptible to it. But I don't think it's not as though people in our generation are are uh, immune from it. They're not because I see tons of harebrained shit all over the place by people that are our age. And I'm like, really? Mm. This is where you're at in life right now? Like, right, this right. is the shit you're doing? And let's be honest, the world is on fire because of adults. <laughs> That are and older from our than generation us. and older and yeah yeah exactly course, yeah but it steers people in the wrong direction all of this shit like I said this abundance of choice and this disposable everything it's steering people in the wrong direction and we're not figuring out who we really are and then all that does is perpetuate itself and it leads to more of this shit right. and it leads to more of poor treatment of other people and of yourself we don't want to take out our own garbage we want to fucking tell everyone else about their garbage hundred percent man a hundred percent yeah. We, we, we love to point the finger and, and, and never the, at the one in the mirror. We talk about that all the time in this podcast. And people struggle from this. They don't realize it because they don't know how to put their thumb on it, but people struggle from it. It becomes an unfulfilling existence. Your relationships become unfulfilling because there's nothing. They're not founded in anything. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, they're disposable. You know, if, if this relationship isn't fulfilling me, well, I'll just hop back onto Tinder and keep on swiping because I mean, there's somebody else out there that can obviously give you what I want. But what are you chasing then at that point? I mean, this 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 fulfillment that you're searching for, you need to work for. I mean, it, it, like like our relationship, it 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 it, it happened organically over time, but um, but remember, we I mean, we've always been very similar, which is a big attribute as to why we still continue to be friends and it just gets stronger and stronger as the days and months and years go by. But if you recall, there was a point in time when we were teenagers and all we gave a shit about was partying and playing soccer and girls. And then one day, I mean, sure, those things, so to speak, evolve. They can still say, stay in the realm of, uh, they can still stay in the shallow end, so to speak. But there was a point in time in your life where you chose to say, well, you know what? I've kind of had enough with the shallow end. I'm going into the deep end because that's, there's more to be found. There's more to be seen. Yeah. I mean, what's that tipping point for you? What's that trigger for you? Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm being a little too harsh then. Maybe it is, you know, I'm, I'm judging people based on, uh, cause you're right. When I, when I kind of put myself in that mind space of where I was at that age, I, I, I mean, I certainly, well, I mean, then again, I don't know. I, but people have still stayed there though. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make is that you didn't stay there. Right. You could have easily stayed there, right? All that happens is that you go from, you go from your world being partying and sports and that realm to you're just a bit older of a person. And now you just complain about you know, bills and politics and that type of bullshit. 
and you yeah. don't fall out of that and 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 other people and bitching about other people but the, i mean the, yeah and and the, the the challenge with that is if you don't have that self-awareness or somebody to check you on it you don't think that there's anything wrong because that's just what how you are and what you know yeah you know like if if, if i'm complaining every single day whether it's two people or on social media or whatever it is i mean that's just normal for me i don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with it because the people that I'm in constant conflict with are just the exact same way. Like, I mean, your reality is, 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 is just simply that it's what you see. It's what, what you, you believe totally to a degree, but it's, uh, I, um, I, I just think that the focus is, I'm not saying that you have to be a curmudgeon and a cynic to be caught in this trap. I think it's easily as applicable as when you are quote unquote living your best life and maybe you're a, you know, Instagram superstar or some bullshit like that, but you're still not in my opinion, chasing after the things that make a more whole H W H O L E you, you know what I mean? Right. Rather than you with a bunch of holes in you. Yeah. Thanks for specifying. <laughs> You're welcome. I don't know if that's sarcastic or not. I'm, I'm all over the place right now. And I just, I, it's, it's just a challenge to me because I, I sort of feel that. And I felt as goofy as it seems to say, as it seems, yeah, seems to say, that's right. As goofy as it seems to say with that whole shoe thing that happened out of the gym, it sort of like punched me in the stomach. And we just get really led astray by those things that are superficial. I don't know if that's the right word. I don't know, man. I think at the end of the day, I, I, I honestly, you know, I, I don't want to come off as, as, as thinking that all of those things don't matter. You know, they, they are, you know, your, your preferences and your choices and, and, and what you choose to enjoy are all things that, you know, certainly do still make up who you are. Uh, and I mean, they, they, they will lead to an enjoyable life to a certain degree, especially if those are really good things that bring you a lot of joy. But, you know, I think that what we're getting at here is that when you strip all those things away, when you look at everything and it's, and it's, and when it's bare bones, uh, you know, and that can be really scary for people. You know, I, a lot of people kind of take some false confidence in what they bury themselves in. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of people, you know cover themselves in makeup and tattoos and, you know, edit all their pictures and that kind of thing, because they don't want people to see, or they don't even want to know who they are underneath all those kinds of things. Do you think it makes the world a better place that you're trying to figure out more of who you really are? Even if you don't know what it exactly is? Repeat the question. Do you think it makes the world a better place, your world at least, because I mean, that, that's a little bit limited to the people you know and the things you do and where you put your efforts and your time and your um your love into but do you think it makes all those things a better a, a better place for you and for others because you are trying to figure out who you really are or you're aware of who you really are even if you don't see the whole picture just yet or maybe we'll never yeah i i you know what i think that it it does provide me with it it grounds me because i i i'm not I'm not fooling myself as to who I think I am because I'm not like I, I have, I look in the mirror every single day and I either, you know, I, I, I know who I am and that's reasons why sometimes I don't like myself because I, 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 I understand that, um, you know, I've made some bad choices. I've done some bad things, but I'm aware of it. And, you know, I'm not focused on the past so much as trying to cultivate a better future. So, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy, man. You know, like it, we're, we're talking about these things as if it's everybody should be doing them. I get why they don't, you know, there's a reason why anxiety is an all time high. There's a reason why so many people are in therapy. Like it's, it's, it's difficult to try and navigate those waters. And, uh, do I think that it makes the world a better place when, you know, I, I, I think, I think that yes, but there's a lot of temporary pain first before, you know, you can kind of get to, to your happy place, so to speak. Great 
way to put it in saying that it is temporary. And I don't think that a lot of people realize it is temporary. If you truly want to go that distance, which may not be a far distance for some people, it definitely is because there's a lot of things that people have to work through that they've experienced in their lives and just even to cut through and realize who they are. But it is temporary to get through that, to get to a, a bigger, a bigger, better place. And the thing is, is like I said, there's lots, there's always lots of great stuff that's going on with the world, but there's tons and tons of shit. Like, especially right now, it's fucking catastrophic. And every, it's because of anytime you hear someone saying something, it's because of something else that isn't them. And I'm not saying everyone is to blame for ever all the problems, but that's the, the, the change in your life starts with you. Hmm. And when you change your, when every, if everyone decided to change their lives, then everything changes right? positively. Yeah, of everything changes. The world doesn't change if I tell you, Derek Paulson, how to change your life. <laughs> it doesn't because then you're like, okay, yeah, thanks yeah. for that. There's people, the door. Well, and people don't like being told what to do for the most part, right? So, right. Yeah. I think that in, in the Western world, certainly we have a, uh, we're, we're able to kind of get away with not doing that kind of work though, you know, because we can, we, we have ways of distracting ourselves. We have ways of, of numbing pain, you know, like whether that's through drugs or alcohol or medication, you know, we've got, we've always got a kind of, of a way to, to avoid the, the hard work. You know, when I was in Peru, actually, uh, I did this thing called Cambo, which is, uh, and you, have, you and I have talked about this before, and I might've talked about it on this podcast where uh, these hunters will go out into the jungle, they'll find these frogs at night and then they will, they'll, they'll capture them. They'll stress them out to a certain degree. And when you stress out these frogs, they produce a poison on their back and they'll scrape off the poison. They put it onto these leaves. And then uh, what the shamans will do is they'll take the poison, they'll burn a hole in you, and then uh, they'll put the poison into that burn mark. And then it, it, it flows throughout your bloodstream. It's supposed to de- detoxify your liver. It feels like hell. It feels like you're dying. Uh, hmm. When I did it, 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 it felt like, I was literally dying. Like my heart was, was racing. It felt like I had a, you know, I was burning up. Hmm. And, um, where I'm going with this is that it, it was a temporary pain for a long-term gain as far as the health benefits are concerned. One of the other things that I will mention about that as well, just as, which is an, a, a neat, uh, added piece of information is that they release these frogs back into the wild. And the reason that they do that is if they, if they kept them in captivity, no matter what you did with the frog, if you try to stress it out again, it stops pro- producing that mm. poison. So they have that relationship with them where it's just like they let them out, they get what they need from them, and then they, yeah. How interesting is that? I know. It's, well, I mean, that's, that's you know, third world for you, man. They've, they've, they've learned how to, Well, it just know, speaks uh, to connecting with the, with the earth. Well, that's, that's kind of the, the whole idea of uh, ayahuasca mm-hmm. was – when, when I think, I don't know if it was Terrence McKenna or who it was, they went down and when they spoke with these shamans to figure out how they were able to find roots within the rainforest that they could uh, brew together to create dimethyltryptamine, this DMT. And I mean, how many different tree species are in the rainforest, man? I mean, there's got to be more than four. <laughs> but thousands, if not, I mean, ten, tens of thousands. Oh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. And they asked them, they're like, how did you figure out which ones to use? And their answer was, well, the trees told us. Right. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll never be able to understand that. You know, like, uh, I, I, I can hear it and think, okay, they, they were communicating with nature, but what? But really how? But really, you know? Yeah. So I kind of went off on a tangent there, but. But not really though, because, so when you were experiencing that, what happened to your identity? Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, well, you know, the ego kind of melts away and it, it's, it's the same kind of experiences that I've had when I've done psychedelics, mm-hmm. mushrooms, that kind of stuff. It, it, uh, you know, you, you kind of have this, this connectivity with everything. And, and if, if, um, for our listeners, if you haven't checked out, there's a, there's a documentary on Netflix right now. And it's, it's, it's about, uh, mushrooms specifically and acid and that kind of thing. And it, whoever created this documentary, what they did was they interviewed a bunch of celebrities and, yeah. and musicians and that kind of thing. And everybody talks about their own, uh, experiences on it. And it's, 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 it's a fun watch. If you're kind of into that kind of thing, I'd recommend it. I think it's only about an hour long mm-hmm. and everybody kind of to, for the most part has the same, same kind thing. of messages that, 
yeah. you know, that the, the sense of the individual kind of melts away to a certain degree and you become very connected with everything that's, that's around you. So, yeah. you know, it's more entertaining than educational. I, I found, Oh, you, you watched it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. So if that, uh, if that encourages you or discourages you from watching it, but yeah, there's lots of celebrities. There's lots of people you'd be like, I know you, I know you yeah. not personally, but I don't know. Maybe you do. So I guess what we're trying to say is, um, do drugs. Yep. And, and take out your own garbage <laughs> and take out the garbage while you're on drugs. It's way more. <laughs> <laughs> you won't smell a damn thing. So we'll leave you with that. Mm. I don't know what to say. I mean, uh, it, we've, it's, it's not easy to kind of, um, try and, and, and unpackage all of these kinds of things in an hour, man. But I, I, you know, as always, we've covered a lot of ground. We thank you all so much for listening. James is, just about to drop another jewel. So <laughs> macrame is a form of textile produced using knotting techniques. The primary knots of macrame are the square and forms of hitching, various combinations of half hitches. I don't know if that tells me what that is. Hey man. And I mean, you know who, now that I'm thinking about it, that's basically everybody that I know that's into whatever it is that you just said. <laughs> Whoa. Amazing. <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't done so already, head on over to Instagram. That's straight love. S T R the number eight dot love. If you like the episode, let us know and let your friends know, you know, if um, the, the best way for us to get the word out about this podcast is of course, word of mouth. And uh, that's if you let your, you know, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers and, uh, Shout it from a mountaintop. Shout it from a mountaintop. With other people on the mountain. Preferably. Yeah. yeah otherwise, you're just yelling at nothing. And you probably shouldn't be on a mountain alone, you know, unless you're some sort of a monk. People do that, though. They climb mountains alone. I think. I would. I mean, people do all sorts of different things alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. You're probably listening to this podcast alone, so. Mm. But you're. we're always with you. Yes. Always. Wholeheartedly. <laughs> I'm always with you, brother. And you. Thank you all. Love you.